Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are, Boxhead. The Origin Series has had concluded. Uh, we've got round 20 coming up as of tomorrow. The last short round. Three teams have the bye, seven games, and then it's the run home. But in conclusion, New South Wales able to avoid the whitewash in a much better performance overall, but uh, the reality is we still lost the series. Yeah, yeah. The neutral venue, we spoke about a pre-series just the importance that that game was going to have, and that is a game that will live long in the memory of New South Wales fans for a game that we should not have lost. Simple as that. Queensland had a man in the sin bin. Reshuffle. New South Wales, yeah, they had multiple reshuffles, had guys go off the field. I know, like, and we point to in the New South Wales, I guess, narrative in that is, oh, well, Turbo went off, and, you know, we had a reshuffle. Well, we didn't. We put Nico Hines out there, who's played centre before. Mm. He's quite capable of defending there. The fact of the matter is we took our foot off the pedal, we didn't execute in that period of time. They had 12 Queensland as well. took the game away from us, and that's where the series was won. Yeah, uh, it was always going to be difficult to win at Suncorp. I think that narrative has got to change a little bit. I think we've got to change the way we play when we go to Suncorp. I think we're far too passive, and we just cop it from Queensland. I think we need to go up there with the mentality that we're going to take the game to them, and we're going to bring a style of footy when we play at Suncorp, which is going to be hard to defend. Mm. Uh, I think. Too often we just try and get in a grind with Queensland at Suncorp, and it doesn't work. So, and I feel like that's sort of the team we picked for this game. We picked a team that just the intentions were clear once they picked Cody Walker, and I, you know, we'd sort of mentioned it for game two that that's probably a change that we would have made. I wanted him for game one, but uh, after but, they skipped him, I sort of thought, well, yeah, that's I don't want to be the guy that sits here and says, oh, no, I, I, no. I, you know, we should have done this and we should have done that, and I told you so because. Irrespective of who played for New South Wales, that that team should have won the series. But Queensland, and I thought what Billy Slater said last night summed it up perfectly, that New South Wales thoroughly deserved to win last night, but yeah. Queensland thoroughly deserved to, to win, win the, the series, series based on the way that they defended. Their defence was nothing short of sensational, mm. particularly in that game one where they did have 12 players. To look as though they actually flipped the narrative. During that period of, of the sin binning, they actually looked like they had... 13 on 12 versus New South Wales. Well, let's face how it. How easily they just carved us up. Good good ball opportunities. We had far more across the series and come up with next to nothing for the first two games. Yeah. It'd be they, interesting to look at, look at possession across the series. Yeah. I think we want possession in every game. So. Yeah. Well, and like I said, inside 20s in particular, we won that by an absolute country mile. Mm. And they executed a lot more often than we did. And look, I don't take a lot out of last night because the series no. is over. I don't care what people say. I know that... The whole narrative from the media, particularly Channel 9 all week, has been, you know, tell the debutantes it's a dead rubber. Tell, you know, whoever it's a dead rubber. Tell Brad Fittler it's a dead rubber. Tell James Tedesco it's a dead rubber. It fucking is a dead rubber. It is. Simple as that. Yeah. And it was 
a different intensity last night. I felt mm. even the crowd, like the crowd was real. It was we said that when we were there. Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't feel 000. like an Origin game. It felt like a club game. Yeah, the intensity of it and even the atmosphere of it felt like. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was as much on the line, and and that's no. because the reality is that there wasn't. There wasn't. And that's uh, sort of the thing that's... That's not taken away from the performance because New South Wales thoroughly deserved to win last night. And I thought the way that they attacked, particularly in the first half, I don't know we're going to get into it yeah. now, it was a it was a huge improvement. And the coaches should take a lot of credit for the way that they attacked in that first, first half of the game because they finally went away from laying a line and then trying to have a shot and then laying a line. They were actually sequencing two or three plays together, which yeah. was... Really, really nice to see. But it shouldn't have taken until game three when the pressure's off to see it. No. The and other I... thing is interchanges. Like, we used two in the first half. Ivan Cleary walked across the field. I said, oh, hallelujah. You know, we're, we're going to have a coach. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's no, it's not... Like, I'm not bagging Freddie when I say that... No, it's the reality. The he's reality not, is the changes were fucking horrible in the first two games. They that, were. That's the, that's the reality. Last night, they were much better. And I think the greatest sign of strength from Brad Fittler was the fact that he, he got Ivan Cleary in. Mm. So well done, Brad Fittler. And that goes to the point we made. But much, it's too, it was too late. It goes to the point we made, though, like Slater. If they're going to have him again, which is still a possibility, they need to have a better assistant. And that's, well, for look, all the all the plaudits for Billy Slater, I don't think that was a well-coached game from Queensland last night. Their interchanges weren't great. So, but we'll get into all that. You know, I think they yeah. left a lot to be lacking. Like, And he needs to take some accountability for that. It can't, it can't all be... Sunshine and roses as a coach, and you know I know I know that better than anyone. You know when your team loses, you really need to look in the mirror and, and think about why. Mm. And you know, first and foremostly, you need to take some accountability. Which I, I thought Billy Slater did that last night. Uh, but yeah, you know, I feel like it's all been sunshine and rainbows for Queensland, and it's all been doom and gloom for New South Wales. But you know, the reality is, is that twelve minutes probably decided the series, and. You know, for a lot of the series, the gun's been pointed at Brad Fittler. But, you know, I hope as a New South Wales fan that burned Queensland a little bit last night. I hope it felt a little bit hollow carrying the shield around. But that's me talking as a Blues fan. Yeah. As an independent watcher, Queensland Authority... Well, I was on the other side because I had a lot of people message me going, ah, now you keep Freddie and Best. All these guys have to be and where's this been? Where's the effort? I'm like, well, we already lost the fucking series. Yeah, don't don't tell me about where's the... Why is the effort there tonight? We lost three or four of the last... Like, we're just going to skim all over that now because we won the decider. uh, Not the decider, a dead rubber. Yeah. So some of the messages I got were... I got I'm so happy. We we lost the series still. We lost three of the last... The fact of the matter is, right... If we're satisfied. We lost game three in 2021. We lost two games last year. We lost the first two this year. Yeah. We'd lost five of the last six Origins until last night, and then we won a dead rubber. Yeah. Which is my point when I got these messages going, all right, well, So f- let's just Freddy's in, simmer down. Best is locked and in. Relax. Lock in Safidi, all these guys. I'm like, uh, no. there's a lot that happened until next year. There's a bit of fool's gold out of last we night. We don't know who's going to be the coach. It may be him, it may not, but there still needs to be some change, whether it's with the assistant. Well, I don't have a problem with Kevin Freddy. No, no, there needs to be more support. Freddy. He needs to have two NRL assistants with him. That's the point. Just like he has Hannay on the other side, who's almost a 10-year assistant, two-time interim coach. For all the criticism of Freddie in certain areas, mm. which I feel like were partly addressed last night and were much improved last night, yeah. he's mm. the best person to lead the state in regards to his interaction with the community. No yeah. doubt about that. Well, we said this from the he's start. A, he's a former player. He's probably the greatest New, New South, South Wales, Wales origin player, player ever. So I, those for t- those two reasons, I feel as though he's a very strong Candidate still not position. an elite What coach, he needs, needs to help. do is that's right. He needs to address the areas 
of weakness. And, and I'm I sure... feel like he partly did that last night. And look, someone at New South Wales HQ, New South Wales Rugby League HQ, has got to have the tough conversation with him hmm. and say, mate, you're not good at this. Yep. You need to get someone in and you need to do some professional development in that area. And or they need to address that like they had previously with probably a Fitzgibbon who again was in Clubland at the time. And I know people are going, well, Mary's, yeah. Well, it's like, well, Mary's been out for... Mary's been out of the game for three or four years, years and, and the game evolves a lot. His tenure, you know, at the back end of the last few years wasn't the greatest either. Yeah. But Hannay, whether you like it or not, almost 10 plus years on the other side, two stints as an interim, Slade has given him plenty of roses and praise during the series for a good reason because he helps him out. Same deal for of him course. with the things that he doesn't do. And for all the criticism on the other side for people going, oh, well, Slade is hasn't coached as long as Freddie. Slater's at the Storm multiple times a week and doing other jobs. He's actually somewhat involved in football as it is right now. Look, he's I not there to, day to day, but he's there. I've spoken to two players who have been at the been at the Storm and they've both said to me the best attacking coach they've ever come across is Billy Slater. And there was a, a meeting, and I know it's only camera footage, but they had Bellamy and all the guys around there after a loss when he was on TV and they're all listening and talking with Billy. Yeah. Billy in there afterwards. Billy is a big part of what they do down at the Storm. So he course, is involved. I feel as though yeah. it just shows you how, how much attention to detail he had as a player. Mm. And look at where he got it's to. Flowed into flowed into his coaching. Now he doesn't have to physically do it. He needs yeah. to show some someone else. And you know, you know, the perfect, the team how to the do perfect it. example for a Freddie and the figure and the stature of what he is and why the players who have been in there, like Cookie and all, they've said that more of it needs to be on us, which is also true. To me, and it's not a shot at this guy, but it speaks to the Mal Meninga mould. Mal Meninga always had good assistance around him, and I don't think he professes to be the best coach in the world. No. He knows he's got that help around him, but he also knows that he can deliver <coughs> in that arena. Similar things to what we talked about with Freddie. He's a figurehead or a storied person within the Queensland setup. He demands respect. He obviously is built for that sort of environment and, and is you know someone that the Queenslanders look up to, but then he had Hagen with him. He had... Uh, who was old mate Neil Henry like he had really good assistance around him yeah. to fill in those sort of parts yeah. that he knew were in his strength and he admitted it he doesn't, when they said oh you'll be an NRL coach he's like oh that's not for me I did the stint at Canberra that's not me like he, he knew his strengths and weaknesses yeah. so for Freddie's side of things exactly that he can be the figurehead but we do need to probably put better assistance around him and that's not, all, not we need like we absolutely need to we have to but that's also the point apart. we said we can't just keep Gavin all right, it's me and it's Bedsy and all these. That's great. Some of you are involved in little bits and pieces, but we need someone who is really up to date, on point with everything that's going on, whether it be your interchanges, game planning, how we want to play. So, regardless of what anyone thinks, there was talk, I think I saw it a few weeks ago from them. They were talking about Brian Smith being like a coordinator or overseeing they the don't whole need program. That. They don't and need I thought, that. I don't think we need that. I think it's more the assistant side of things or just the people around him. We've got too many ex players who aren't coaching day to day or doing. Enough, probably. Well, like I deal with Matt Parrish in my role as the city city coach. Mm. Like he he's been a, a state of assistant assistant coach. He don't, they don't need. I don't think they need anyone really overseeing the footy program. Like, no. I feel like they just need better coaching. Yeah. So and you get that through your assistants, mm. and that's no offense to the assistants that they've got now. But that was the area that we were found wanting in. Mm. And just like you said, some general overall game planning, use of interchange, just some small stuff. Yeah, a few small changes. Um, and then I guess selection, what we've talked about the whole way along. Just <clears throat> if you're going to commit to something, probably dig in a bit deeper and bite down your mouth guard and stick to it. Yeah. Look, I thought Jake Tavorovic made a big difference last night in the middle of the field, just with that scrap work. I think starting with Cameron Murray, again, it's something that I sort of suggested after game one because we just didn't adjust. Like our attack didn't adjust to Queensland jamming. Last night, you see Cody Walker go out there. He goes, righto, you're going to jam. Bang, I'll go across it. 
and he, he went across um, the jam a couple of times and found Queensland with a two-on-one on the outside and put Ado Car away, what, three or four times. That was just that slight adjustment in our attack that we needed in game one, and we would have won, we would have won that game. Mm. But again, that probably links back into what you're saying about um, selections. Yeah, and and coaching like it, it, to have someone in there like I think the the biggest area where we fell down was our coaching at halftime in game one because they needed someone in there to say right this is what Queensland's edges are doing when we're moving the ball this is the, these are the adaptations that we need to try in order to combat it mm. because we just didn't and it was also the first time the second game I felt like we just got blown away like adjustments weren't such a major issue but in game one. I, Halftime and the start of the second half is coaching and adjustments. And that's, I feel like, the area you can have the most impact as a coach during a game. It's probably that first 10 minutes of the second half. And then obviously with your interchanges, which both areas we fell down in. Hmm. And our spine last night, you said, we weren't wasting players, we weren't crashing one outs, we didn't look disjointed. See, whereas I felt last night, right, if you go back and watch the game and you want to you talk about adjustments, right, Queensland were jamming in the first half. Cody yeah. Walker pulled them apart. Second half they came out and they were more passive on the edges. With their defence, that's good coaching. So Queensland were obviously told at half time, listen, let's stop jamming in and pressuring the New South Wales halves. Yeah, especially let's the left side. try and pressure them from the inside and make them play early. And while ever we've got grass behind us defensively, yeah. we're just going to hold our nerve. And we'll get inside and, and yeah, and hopefully get ourselves man on. And as soon as we get man on, we'll move forward and make our tackles. And, and that, that's probably New the South Wales really struggled, and they didn't adapt. They no. didn't have an answer to the passive defence. No, Cody threw one out. Over the yeah. sideline, there was one where Fox got it and, and we I was sort saying of got it to you caught. We were, as we were watching it, we had a fantastic view for the second half. Yeah. You could just see that they needed to do a little bit of a change of angle. They actually did it for for uh, one play there where Yo got the ball and then he, he feigned back in and passed it to Tedesco and they almost went through him. Yeah. Because those inside defenders were coming so hard at Yo and trying to make us play a little bit earlier. In. Yeah. Yeah. So for every action, there needs to be a reaction. Mm. And, and I think the ones that hurt earlier on were. The few first few times that they jammed us were in good ball, so there wasn't grass blind and there wasn't room to recover. Yeah. Whereas those ones, like you said, the second half were sort of coming up onto halfway or heading into good ball. They let Cody come across. They sort of hung off him. They let him make the decision or throw a pass first, and then they had numbers. Yeah, let him run himself out of room. And the one time they did get us wasn't. Oh, it was sort of through Cody, I guess. It was that long side shift late where we got him again, and Teddy sort of got the outside of DC and Val turned around. But other than that, most of the shots we took from there. They were passive or they waited for inside help and they didn't make a reaction to give Cody, you know, the option to come up with the right play, which in the first half, he was outstanding. He had that sort of half pump pass we talked about. It wasn't quite again, a pump. He would, have, he would have done all the video and gone, right, I know exactly what I'm going to do in yeah. these situations. But and then we read... Probably then, what needed to be done was, okay, when they adapt to that, yeah. how are we going to change our Change attack? afterwards. We're mm. going to start turning back under. We're going to play through the middle. Like we, and that's where know. the plan B comes into it. But, yeah, I think... More so that, like you said, selections... It's a much better performance. Yeah, selections across the series, and but particularly, game one was it. Like mm. People going, oh, well, look at where all the changes we had. I'm like, some of the changes we had weren't forced, though. We made those changes. Yeah. There was a couple that were forced. Like, sure, RP broke his jaw, but we've also picked three different hookers across the series. Yeah. Like, we inflicted a lot of the changes we made. The only one that wasn't inflicted by, uh, you know, I guess most of it was Nathan. But then the question comes, well, if Nathan was well, there the whole time... Was yeah. Injured. Oh, I think they were basically... No, he was injured. He was out injured. I know. But I also think for game three, I wouldn't want Payne Heist going in front of the Broncos yeah, either. So. And you don't know that. Yeah, I know. So he was injured. <clears throat> but, yeah. And they're saying on the other side, they didn't have any problems. I'm like, well, look at game one. Game one, they had man in the bin. 
multiple injuries, complete readjustments. They lost Gilbert. Walsh got suspended. You know, they lost Arrow. They lost Flegler. They ruled Cobo out because they weren't confident in his health. Like, guys that come and done a job. So they didn't have it all their own way in that regard either. Mm. But that was the biggest difference. 12 men, couple injuries first game. They're readjustments. We shouldn't have lost. That's no. the big big turning point in the whole series. Um, but yeah, I don't buy into the whole thing last night. Like, oh, this is it. Game one. Lock it in right now. I'm like, it's a dead rubber. The series is done. They're going to talk to him. He's going to talk to them. From, even from the way that Freddie's been speaking, like he sort of flipped the narrative almost like, well, I'll talk to them to see if I still have the energy to even want to do it. I don't know whether that's sort of a way to talk around like, you know, he hasn't handled things as well this time or he's sick of the criticism or the whole thing sort of weighing on him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I get the feeling from what a lot of has been said that they might back him in, but it definitely needs to be with a little bit more help. But maybe it has worn him down. Maybe he'll walk away. Yeah, maybe. Uh, probably the other thing that's probably more interesting, they're all saying about Billy Slater not being locked in on the other side and saying he wants to look at things. I think that's... Some people said it's a negotiating time. I don't think he needs to negotiate at all. I think it's just a life thing because he's got so much going on. Yeah. So maybe after two years of doing all the commitment to it and how much goes into it, he really enjoys it and loves it. But he's, like I said, got a horse stable. He's got a property. He works with Melbourne. He works with one of the AFL clubs. He does three or four days with Channel 9 and TV. So he's got a lot on his plate. Mm. Maybe he's looked at it and thought, all right, um, if I'm going to commit to this, I need to be all the way in or go you know, down that coaching route and give up some other things. Or maybe I'm not willing to do that yet. So I think it could be... Oh, I think he'll be doing it again next I year. hope so, for their sake, because I think that would be a huge blow to them after the two years they've had. And oh, the positivity. I, I think Josh Hannay just come in and take over. Oh, they'd be a good option, no yeah. doubt. But I'm just saying, like, for the core yeah, that they've Cameron laid, there. the foundations they've laid, the core group being so young and what they've got so far, um, you'd like to think that group would continue around him, but with him as the figurehead. Yeah. But I think that's going to be just as interesting. But... Um, yeah, I guess if you want to look at the game a little bit more, the first two sets were a little bit worried because it looked like the same old, same old. Yeah, we just... Lots of one-outs. Ball, yeah, just hit up, hit up, hit Sort up, of wondering. Up. And <clears throat> after that, we finally sort of showed something. There was like a, a nice sequence there. There was a two-pass to Kaloa, jam one in, open things back up. They come that long side a lot on the left there. You saw that link sort of between those South players where even Cook sometimes wasn't the one at dummy half. They'd pass back into him and him and Murray and Cody and just pretty much teeing up most things for Cody to do what he does at South, which is, you know, space things out, get to an edge, apply pressure to the half in the background in particular. And they did that consistently in the first half, particularly to Nanai and Daly Cherry Evans. Yeah, there were a few sets there where they went from left to right, landed on Kaloa Matangi, ripped him into <clears throat> one yeah. star. Then they took the short side, which was really, really good. Yep. Then they went to Full Walker shift. over to the left-hand sideline. And then they came back. Like, Toto's try was Kaloa Matangi, short side, over to the long side to walk up, back over to the um, right side for Toto to score, four-play sequence, ran it on last tackle. Mm. Perfect. And it was all and good footy, no waste of time. got place. them on the corner post in a contest. Like, yeah. that's elite-level footy. Like, you, you need to be able to string three and four plays together. Mm. And when you look where we passed out of that corner to set that one up, there was literally five guys in like a 10-meter corridor. And they weren't ready. No. New South Wales weren't ready, but they found Still the space. Still executed. Yeah. And, yeah, part of that was Tatoalagi's decision. The other part of it was Kalamatungi's fantastic touch and skill there, and then Crichton to sum it up to sort of pull the handbrake and draw Tualungi to get that pass yeah, off. My criticism of Tualungi is he went inside his center. Yeah. And like, I, I just don't know what, he's, what, he, what he was thinking. He, I would have liked to have seen him either go hard and land on the center uh, on Crichton, Crichton. Or, um, yeah, or he had to sort of hold off and try and wait for some support from the inside and see if he couldn't 
uh, get Crichton to come down to a point where he could either knock the pass down to Toto or, or make a tackle and wrap the footy up. But, you know, I, I said to you at the ground, you only get a split second to react, so yeah, it's hard to be critical. Can't but I think if that. he's going to come in, you need to go to his outside hit there, not his inside hit, where, which meant that he got beat on his outside shoulder, which, yeah, you probably wouldn't want to see him do that. Yeah, Cody's first touch position. was obviously that kick that was caught offside. I didn't think that was hard to work out. Like live people were sort of yeah. arguing, looking like he was offside clearly. Yeah, Martin was clearly in front of him. Yeah. It was a sign of things to come, really, from Cody's first touch that he almost pulled that one out of the hat. Yeah, and Bradbury best. Uh, like I said, I I openly admit that I would add others I would have picked, but I'm happy he played the way he did. I really am. Yeah, as I said to you in the when he was selected, I, I didn't have a massive problem with it. But, oh, I definitely found it a surprise. It's not on ability, but just for consistently at club football to get that opportunity, I thought, okay, I think there's other guys that have definitely played better over a longer period of time. Oh, well, that's where Brad Fitton deserves credit. Like, but he obviously saw him. something and... He played well. Yeah, backed the kid in. And he did his job. He played an excellent game. He was but very, I, very I think, yeah, when I got a few matches, I was like, oh, he'll be in there straight away next year. I'm like, I think we're all forgetting the elephant in the room here. If Latrell's fit Well, Latrell and Turbo. Yeah. He's, and Cody Walker was in particular. I think he'd still put Latrell straight back on that left-hand side. Yeah, I guess it's whether you pick Teddy, like if Teddy's in. If Teddy's in, then Latrell and Turbo are going to be picked as centres. Mm. If Teddy's not in, do you consider one of them as a fullback or do you go with a... Walker, or do you go drink with water. a... Oh, sorry, not a Walker. You go with an Edwards, or you go with a Drinkwater, or you... Depending what you want yeah, to spawn, I guess. where you want to go. But even right. Teddy, we said last night, that was his best game of the series, and it probably melded in with the way we played. It did. We had a run-centric sort of attack. He just followed around Cook in those middles and yeah. pushed around the football, and Cody took responsibility for a lot of the ball playing. Even Moses just laid things up. Ram did kick very well and pretty much dictated things to let Cody be the focal point. Yeah. And it sort of suited with all those guys being run-centric and... Just doing their job and pushing off the football and the good work that we were doing. We changed the point of attack a lot better as well last yeah. time. Game, the first few games, it was just, you know, central, 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 or one out yardage carries, no width, no sort of variety. Um, and well, then we wondered laying, laying a line why we got shift. bogged down. Uh, and even last night, I think Toto was effective in the first two games, but he was even more so effective last night because we actually <laughs> did a bit more with the yeah. ball. So his yardage work turned out to be 10 times more effective. Yeah. Um, but all around, you got to say, there's some positives to take out of it. That's my big question mark, though. We don't know who is going to be available next year or who's going to be coaching next year. So it could be a completely different setup and yeah, I, I, idea. I don't want to talk about next year. No, I know, but just people go, oh, we have to take that in. But well, we don't know because it's, it's 12 months away. Mm. We don't know who's going to be coaching. You don't know who's going to be available. Yeah. So you can't really look at that and go, well, that's something to build off because until we know, and we won't know straight away, what the setup is going to be for the Blues starting with the coach next year, then who's available and who's playing well. But I think it's more frustrating for a lot of people, again, that there was a few selections they got right. Like, And I heard afterwards, they were saying, oh, well, Kalama Tungi and Regan Campbell-Guard weren't available the first two games. Like, well, they're both available for game two. Mm. You didn't pick them. Cody's been available. Oh, he wasn't available game two, but he was available game one, and he was the best 5-8 again, form-wise in the competition. I know there was a lot of talk about Nico, but you had your opportunity to pick him now. So don't bring those excuses into it. Yeah. They were there to be picked. Um, <clears throat> so for some of that side of it, yeah, I heard... Bit of the narrative afterwards, I'm like, nah, let's let's not pull it all in that direction. Um, there's got to be some accountability on both sides, but yeah, uh, other stuff. I guess I got a little bit worried uh, for, for thinking we had that dominant period, particularly that ten minute period where it was Toto, Fox, Best, and all of that positive play, like we said, that right side shift, good sequencing, and then popping them twice on the left with Cody pulling Val and sort of getting that edge pulled apart. Uh, they always this series have seemed to have scored right on half time, and they did it again. And that sort of gave me a bit of the jitters that it just was going to be another one of those nights. 
Hammers a freak. Nothing yeah, was really doing. It's a crazy try. Cotter juggers that ball after they sort of did a switch play in the middle of the field. I think Cherry Evans got it on a turn under from Harry Grant. And that tip on there, he had a man inside, outside, and Teddy coming towards him. I don't really know what Teddy was doing. No offense to the poor bugger. I thought he should have just tried to hit him and probably would have, you know, shut that down. But he sort of balks at him and the speed and skill of that man to get between both defenders, put the kick in and still collect. He's just something else. Yeah. Um, he would have been close to, to player of the series, but watching Collins and Cotter live, they were in an absolute... Duke fest in terms of you know just doing dirt efforts to try and get that Cotter was brilliant to watch live how much work he does yeah, yeah. Collins was as busy don't get me wrong but <laughs> Cotter man for the size of the local watching him he's something else I don't know how long physically that's going to hold up for his career and I hope it does for the Cowboys but uh, yeah he, he's someone as a coach when you go to the little things live that you don't pick up on camera there's a good reason he would be one of the first people you'd name in that team every Absolutely. day of the week um, and he was forced to push out to the edge again, as we know, for feeder. After the fact, hit pointer injury. They threw him in late when they were looking for points, but he wasn't that effective. I'm um, surprised they did bother putting him back on with that injury, but he was forced to do that job again on the edge, but he did well. But yeah, that, that sort of moment on half time had me a little bit worried, but then we were able to force a penalty in a critical moment there with a couple of minutes left. It looked like they were going to pop us again. Harry Grant throws a bit of a specky and Stephen Crichton so often has come up with these intercepts in big games. That sort of shut that down. Um, we got a penalty off the back of that and we're able to go in with the two-score lead. And <clears throat> second half we sort of spoke about it was pretty uneventful for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was it a was. bit of a back and forth. And like you said, felt more like a club game in terms of moments. They had that one moment, I guess, where I think Martin pressured Cherry Evans and Collins got the bounce and got hit by Toto. They called it a knock-on. Yeah, when, when I say felt like a club game, like the stakes. The, yeah, the stakes. The, the, the stakes were gone. Like, the series is gone. The... The great thing about Origin, particularly Game 1, Game 2, is the stakes. Like, the stakes are so high. Yeah. Game 1, it's, you know, you want to win that first game. You want to put yourself on the front foot. Game 2, someone's fighting for Absolute survival. desperation. And if it's the decider, like, you're fighting for the series. Whereas, yeah. you know, it was all... That was all off the table last night. So, yeah. it, it just felt different to me. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, we had a similar moment. Obviously, Yo got that touch, touch back and they thought it was a try, but it was clearly a knock-on. Yeah. And from there, yeah, it sort of felt like for almost 20 or so minutes there, it was just a bit of a back and forth, a couple of errors and a bit of scrappy play, but it finally got broken up with about 15 or so left when they had another one of those sort of long side shifts after Queensland, as you said, sort of got passive and we're a bit better at solving those left side sort of shifts are looking for. And we, we made a couple of mistakes or got caught out, but Teddy probably appropriately having his best game of the series, why under pressure, comes up with a big moment. He sort of got the outside of Cherry Evans and Val, Sort of turn out to go to the centre, think he'd pass. I thought Teddy did very, very well in that tight space. And then the pass on for best and his sort of ID that Coates was there right on the outside and to cut back in and finish it, that obviously was the nail in the coffin to make it a three-score game. Yeah. Um, from the back end of there, they had a couple opportunities. We had another one as well, but like Hamiso to drop that tap back from Torlagi, he doesn't drop those very often. The no. bounce for Val was ugly, but he didn't have the greatest night, if we're being honest. Um but I certainly think we weren't as dominant as what I thought a lot of people thought. There were some opportunities for them, but they were scrappy as they've been the whole series. Absolutely. Particularly yeah. their spine. Like Munster <laughs> threw a shocker in good ball at the back. Val saved them twice, having to clean up bad passes. Brimson on that line break from Harry Grant's wizardry and offload. He threw a shocker that probably should have went to a try. Nenai, one-on-one with Tedesco. He takes those most days of the week. That was another one that sort of went begging. Um, and then, yeah, you had those two ones that we're talking about that were knocked on at the back end of the game. So 
I thought they, again, had less opportunity inside 20, but they didn't execute this time, that's for sure. No, they didn't. Whereas yeah. us, I didn't think we had probably as much. It was more of a sort of a back and forth, but across the series, like we said, if you look at it, I'm sure our inside 20s, our inside 50s are a whole lot more. And this was the first time we sort of come up with it a little bit. And it was more in that first half, but it was finally nice to see us do something with the ball or at least look dangerous with the football. Yeah. Also thought we had more purpose with what we did in our middle as well. Yeah, yeah, well, we, yeah we did, right. Regan was a positive. Um, I hope for someone like him who's been in and out twice, I thought, off the back of good performances. Oh, just, you pick four, four front rollers. He's in your best four front rollers in his well, like I said, between him, Paul O'Haas, I thought they're the three. Him, Paul O'Haas, Jake Tabori, they're, they're, they're the four that I'd, I'd pick. Um, and if you're going you're gonna to go another one, I'd throw Lane you in there. It was nice to see Kaloa get the, the debut. I know he wasn't available for game one, but I, I wouldn't have hesitated at all to put him there for yeah, game 100%. two. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. He we're, was good. We've been together on that. He's the perfect sort of combination of everything you want in a modern day back row. He's mobile. He's got good feet. He showed his skill with the tap on. He's aggressive. He's a good defender. Like He was great on debut. Yep. Um, and then Martin on the other edge. I think him sort of starting probably wasn't a bad thing either. Just We were aggressive on both sides of the field. We had two guys that could not only provide good line running and hard running, but they ride shotgun with their half in protecting as well. Yeah, I thought both of them did very, very good jobs. And actually, Martin probably brought some more confidence to Moses. Moses, I thought, was probably very good defensively. He never shirks a task. But I think having someone like Martin next to him who's intense to try and hurt everyone, or sorry, Kalamatungi, um, brought a bit of confidence to him. Yeah. And yeah. it was much the same on the other side for Cody Walker. They both sort of did well defensively with their halves. Yeah, you got physical back rowers. That's what you want. The bench, I questioned sort of how they were going to use it, but I like the fact that it was pretty much limited because with the guys that we did pick, they gave big minutes to Regan, big minutes to Jake. Back rowers played the whole game. Safidi sort of got his 25 or so. Robson stint went from partly hooker, then a little bit of middle time at the end. And, um, you know, Gutherson was exactly what they were. I, I still would have preferred they pick an extra forward and sort of go from there. But he got a token three or four at the end, and he ended up not being needed until Fox pulled his hamstring. But again, yeah. that come with probably, like you said, having someone in the box that was like, well, Regan can play these minutes. Let him do that stint. Or Jake will do this, and then we'll give that sort of 20 period, and then roll them back, and we'll finish the game. Yeah. And then you got like, interchanges. Need, and yeah, looking at it, you need you need someone in your outside back so you can cover fullback. That's Steve Crichton to yeah. me. You need someone in your outside backs who can cover wing which, you know, easily one of the centers could push out. And ideally, you want a back rower that can cover center. Mm. And that whole argument of Freddie's, boy, oh, you can't cover every position. Well, you can. You can. You can. You just need to be smart about who you pick. And you probably need two versatile players. And then you need someone who, like your Gutherson or like your uh, Nico Hines or whoever it is that can play, you know, sort of a dual role. Yeah. Spine positions or maybe an OB position, yeah, like, et cetera. Well, Ben Hunt is your perfect one because he can play hooker, middle, and half. Yeah. Confidently. Yeah. And that's Confident, sort of the, confident, that, confident. that was sort of the argument about Hines. It's like, well, he doesn't play so much. I get that, but half, center, defensively, well, he middle. where he is. The thing is, you, you, need, you really need to be able to inject them on in the middle if you can. Mm. And that's sort of the issue that we have at New South Wales is that Hunt can play middle and hooker and feel half, mm. whereas we, like, we simply just don't have that. But with back row spots, like we said, I thought we left ourselves one short this time without, say, a Frizz or a Hudson Young or something like that to probably push out. Well, yeah, spots like we're the, about. the, Yo was the sort greatest of the question one. to that is, is if uh, if Kalama Tungi goes down in the first minute, what does it look like? 
You yeah. probably have to play Yo. Probably won't go there. No, you have to play Cam Murray there and bring Yo on. Probably. Mm. Well, I'll talk about him as the center cover. I thought similar. I'm like, well, I'd put yeah. Murray to the center before I would have put Yo out to the centers at this point in yeah. his career. So that's sort of the troubleshooting I think you got to do as a coach when you sit down and you pick your side. Mm. Uh, and that's why I think you know the Phil Phil Gould line where you pick your bench first. That's actually in a lot of ways it's true mm. because you need to think mm. about who's going to cover each position. In, in, in case of an injury, like you need to be able to work your way down the list, right? If fullback gets injured, how are we shuffling the team and go down through every position and do that? Yeah. Well, for the Queensland side of things, like you said, they lost for Feeder about 25 in. They pushed Cotter out. You preferred Hunt, obviously, starting at nine to what you saw with Harry and how that rotation worked for him. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a mistake. I think for them, like I said, you. Because I just don't know how you. The series. I don't was... think Ben Hunt adds an injection. Like, I don't think he lifts the water level. No. I don't think his passing game's as good. His running game certainly isn't as good. I would have just taken the uh, taken the gas out of the game, taken the sting out of the game, and then put Harry Grant on. I think they were doing it. I don't think it's it. a shot on Harry Grant. I think it actually makes him more effective. Nah. Like, so I think they looked at it more as the future, that Hunt's not going to be there forever. He's only got another year or two to go at I best. Think, I think not. in origin, you pick, your, pick a team to win that game. Yeah. Particularly in Queensland's situation last night. Series is one. You're trying to yeah whitewash. Like I would have, I would. There's no way I would have made experimental changes. That's. I feel like that was a mistake. Yep. Uh, in terms of other middle changes, I guess after loss for feeder, Cotter plugged in. They had Mo. They had Red. I, I didn't think there was a whole lot else that sort of went wrong. But I think when Carrigan and Tino came off at the same time, that's sort of something that can be a little bit worrisome. But they actually played pretty good for that last sort of. Yeah. Ten. No, I thought those the interchanges weren't. Weren't great last night. Mm. The timing of them and yeah, Fafita was the interesting one. Right? Yeah, well, he's only got a hit pointer injury, but well, why did they put him back on? Back well, it was right at the end. He's in doubt for this weekend, mm. so he was injured. I think a hit pointer, like you're better off just playing through it, giving him a needle and, and playing through it. But you know, I think if it's a decider, there's no way he's coming off. No, but that's the thing. It wasn't a decider. Yeah. Same as the Harry Grant thing. I think they. She can't take liberties, but I think, again, it was more a look to what's potentially going to be in the future. Like, I don't know if they're going to be carrying a second hooker in a few years' time. I think it's going to be back to that bloke that we've talked about, like a Cotter, who's come through as a nine. He now played prop. He plays lock. He plays back row. Like, he's sort of your Mr. Fix-It for all situations. But mm. can't really look at Queensland right now and think of another nine that you'd have in there probably competently as that 14 in a year or two when Ben Hunt goes. Like, it's probably going to be just Harry and maybe that sort of coverage player. Yeah. Or unless they carry a dude and then go, all right, you're going to be that new version of that because you're just a tough prick. And if we need to play as a third end, we could. But you're going to be a seven, a nine, et cetera, and cover all those jobs. Yeah. Unless Ponga sort of converts into that role. But we've seen him frontline defensively. I know they used him that way a few years ago, but maybe that's his way back in a year or two time if Walsh locks down that one jersey, that he becomes that 14, that they say, all right, you might play 13, you might play halves, you might play fullback. Yeah. I, I don't know, <clears> but... That's probably the only reason I could think for swapping it because I agree with you. Hunt starting off, especially when you get more on that cycle and that physical part, it also brings an extra kick. Um, and then Harry comes in and is creative. I, I still thought he was more creative than I expected for that first stint. The line break, the offload, he got out a couple of times. Um, he got a little bit frustrated later in the game. Crichton, obviously, with that nice double-up effort where he come up with a good save on Cotter and then at the same ruck, he knocked down Harry's hands and he dropped the pill. Um, but overall for them... I guess not much else to talk about within the game. No. Um, yeah, better attack, like we said. Cody 
gets him in the match, and I'm happy for him because I thought a few years ago when he got that one game and got flicked in 2019, that was extremely harsh. And that, again, speaks to what we've done in the past with players. And I know, again, it wasn't a decider. It wasn't much on the line, but you can't take away from what he did. I'm happy he got that moment. He was really, really good. Yeah, he was. He deserved his man of the match, and I thought Ruben Cotter deserved man of the series. Yeah. And I, I guess all around, like I said, it was the best game of the series for a lot of guys. Toto, Teddy, Bradman was great. Liam's been really good across the whole series. You know, Murray with a start, Campbell Gillard back in. All those sort of guys have got their chance to come back and play well. Um, and yeah, from the Queensland side of things, Hammer was very close again. If you look at his moments to being, you know, probably up there as man of the series as well. Who? Hammer. Yeah, I think if so. You take too. those moments. Like, yeah. He had some huge moments. He was really, really good. Uh, the one who probably surprised me across series this year, I think Munster was pretty quiet. He had a couple of moments. But overall... I think he was, he was the best in the, that important period in that 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, he was probably the best player in that period of time. Him and Daly didn't have the greatest night last night. It was probably more of a night for a, a Cotter. I thought Carrigan's second step was really good. Yeah. And Collins was, was solid again. But yeah, that, that overall, they were pretty clunky, I thought. Yeah. Especially attack-wise. But you look at their future... Walsh will be back in the mix. Flagler is obviously suspended, uh, injured. Gilbert, um, you know, Cobbo will be back in the mix. Ponga, whether he's in that 14 sort of role. Deer and Shady could win a decide last year. Hopgood. So they've got guys there to back up, and they're in a good position. And we spoke about that earlier. The only two sort of elder statesmen, DCE, the amount of talk about him retiring, like, why would he retire? Yeah. Just won a series as the captain, and he's playing some of the best football in his life. Yeah. Like, why would you give it away? I don't think he's given any inkling that he will give it away. Hmm. Um, So from that perspective, I don't understand that talk. Uh, For us, like I said, there's too many questions, which is why coming out of that, people going, you got to lock this in, it's this and that, you got to keep him around. You won't know until next year, until we know who's coaching, until we know the setup, and then when it rolls around at that time, form, injuries, and who's available. Yeah. But probably the only thing I don't understand is sudden flip again on Cleary. Like, ah, Moses is better than him here, and you wouldn't pick him again, and all the combos like, well... Realistically, he's still the best number seven. Like Cherry Evans' form overall this year is on par. Or like if you're picking an Australian team tomorrow, you'd have a legitimate argument, I think, if you're going to pick the Queensland halves, that you might stick with Cherry Evans over Cleary <laughs> for now. But if we're going long-term or sevens in the game, he's won the last couple of grand finals. He's been great. I know that oh, there's an argument between club and origin football. It's like, well, Moses only had a handful of games in origin. That's the first one he's won as well. So I don't know, again, off a of dead rubber, how you're all deciding that he's suddenly a better number seven at rep level than Nathan Cleary. I think that's a shit argument. But I think the point to be proven here is you pick Nathan doesn't mean you have to pick Lua. He can do a no, similar role to what happened last night with Cody or with Moses if you played those two together or Nick, like however it goes. It doesn't have to be a club combo. Yeah. Um, then some will argue, well, look at the South Link last night. Like, well, there was part of the South Link there, but they also just all played within one another. Like Cook, predominant runner. Teddy, predominant runner. Moses can run, but also play that other side of the game. But he chose to run early, which was good. And they made Cody the focal point. Yeah, like you, that's coaching. You don't just have to pick combinations. Combinations are good if you can play that style and commit to it. Still, didn't think we really nailed down the way that Penrith thing is. And again, that's because the coach isn't for Penrith, and it isn't, you know, an absolute replica of that. But last night we had a lot more balance. So I don't see this argument that you can't have Cleary with Cody or anyone else that would be available next year. Because if anyone thinks that Nathan Cleary is not going to be the seven, I'm a bit baffled by that. Yeah, because I think he will be. Other positions, though, do they go for Cody again? Again, we won't know until 12 months' time. If he's still playing the same way, and again, everyone says he's a late starter, um, and he's like a bloody Cliffy Lyons, just ages like a fine wine, why wouldn't you pick him? Mm. 
Could only be a couple of years left in him. But if he's playing to that sort of level of football, why not? We've probably missed out by not playing in the last couple of years. We've lost three of the four series and he's probably been the best 5-8 consistently for New South Wales for the last five years. But, yeah, them's the breaks. Talking about what, next year. Yeah. Um, we'll see ha- what happens next year. Haas will be back. Latrell will be back. There's going to be all those options. We don't know. Things we, thought, again. we thought all that this year. Uh, then Latrell didn't play a game. Yeah. The other... So they played what? Two not even, not got even, injured both. Not even one. Tory's in terms back of total minutes. Got hurt in the other Played one. 71 minutes or 72 minutes in two mm. games. So. Mm. And the other question was got Hooker and I'd say the same thing again. Well, it depends on we'll just form. See. I think it's Coruscant. The, ob- the obvious one is Coruscant. I think Robson certainly showed he's capable. Yeah. I, I think you're probably either going to go with Cook or Coruscant and then have Robson as your, as yeah. your 14. Uh, because again, like we just spoke about, Robson can cover middle at a pinch as well. Like he's got some versatility in his game. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I get the other. So there's someone might pop up, like you, you don't. Know. Yeah, don't know. And then the other big one is the last one. I had the same point again that people were going, "Oh, well, was that Teddy's last game?" But well, you won't know again. How is he playing next year? Oh, he said, "I'm oh, looking forward to next yeah, year's exactly. series." Last night, who's coaching and what direction they want to go? If it is a new coach, they might say we're done with Tedesco. But again, you can't decide these things without knowing everything that's coming up. But he yeah. certainly played well. He's last a Blues night. captain, so yeah, and he won the World Cup not long ago. Mal Meninga openly said that if he picked an Australian side after the first two games, he'd still pick James Tedesco. So that's I telling think, you. I think you'd have to. That's now, just telling you what they think. Walsh didn't play last night. The Blues won, and yeah, Tedesco's the incumbent. Mm. But I'm just saying that that's mm. what the Australian coach and even the Queensland side of things thinks of James Tedesco. Yeah, to come yeah. out and. But if you're just picking her on form, then I think that's probably at oh, least he, he wouldn't be there. Walsh and Edwards he wouldn't be there. Yeah, but yeah, there you go. Origin's done. Good. I'm over it. <laughs> Uh, I, I hate the impact it has on club footy. I think we're going to find a different, different model. But you know, until we work out a better way, it's going to continue this way. But I think sooner rather than later, it's it's yeah, it's going to become get to breaking point. There's too many teams that don't deserve to win winning club games that are going to impact. Well, it's what we're talking about finals and now, where Parramatta are in a bit of a situation with their well, it's own not home Parramatta because the people that said last week, oh Para, you know, if they had so and so, they got fucking smacked by the water. They got so, smacked. I'm not arguing that. But it's so, there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss certainly has an impact but still what the impact is, losing is three that week of all in the dead rubber like I'd be filthy if I'm them same as South South would hit Herbie in the well, beat by the Bulldogs yeah, yeah. which would, wouldn't happen if both teams but were at full strength more of your players are taken in for a game yeah. that, whether you like it or not it yeah. meant nothing move on we, need it. we just need a better model simple yeah. as that it has too big of an impact on the NRL season mm. so again something I have to work on with broadcasters because at the moment they dictate basically the way the whole schedule uh, obviously pans out but let's jump into the preview of round 20 thanks to bluebet.com.au if you can have a bet with anyone make sure you do it with the true blue bookie uh, charity bet the second half of it was last night I had Hammer in Queensland Hammer obviously scored a cracker but Queensland no dice so um, those two bets Lemorello got up that one didn't $1,060.50 hopefully we can find a winner in this origin affected round on the weekend 
Um, but let's get up some of these lineups, uh, injuries and issues, and what's going on. So the first game, it's the solo Friday night game. It's the Knights versus the Tigers. So for the Knights, they're obviously going to have a couple backing up. I'm sure Best will be good to go. Like he had a good game, but I, I don't think he was, you know, beaten up too badly. Most of his touches were nice, good ball touches. His yardage work was pretty, pretty clean. Safidi only had a short stint, uh, so he'll be right to go. So for them, don't think you're going to find too many issues. Dan Gagai has been named to return as well from his injury, so that's a positive for them. Pong is back at the back, best in Gagai. In your centers, that Gamble-Hastings half combo has been working out quite nicely. And I think Crossland's done a good job at nine while he's been there. He has. Yeah. So uh, for them, things sort of building nicely. And on the flip side of that, for the Tigers, there's a couple of big ins. The biggest one, obviously, Coruscant. I don't know if that's going to fix the way they've been playing, but he certainly helps out. And I think for a bloke like De Silva to get there, he's certainly got the ability. He's going to have that moving forward. But I stick by what I said before. They can't throw these kids to the wolves too early. They need to play a little bit more against men and, and build their way up to playing consistent first grade with some of these guys they're pushing through. And I'm pretty sure in the Australian schoolboys team, I just seen gone this week that the Tigers had like three of that group they're hoping picked in that side, which is great. But elevating them too quickly and throwing to the wolves is not any good for them. That's not. Progress them against men and get them used to that before you chuck them in. Um, there's, there's a way to go about it. But other changes for them... Alex Twiles back from suspension. Brent Naden and Dan Laurie off injuries are in the reserves, but may not feature. The halves remain Will Smith and Brandon Wakeham. So, yeah, looking at that, in particular the halves and going to Newcastle, I like Newcastle. <sighs> I think confidence <sighs> yeah. in nice. best, Gagai in return. Safidi, um, you know, the way that Pong has been playing sort of in that lead up since being left out of the Origin Series and having that chat to Slater. Off the back of that big wing and arrest here, I think they want to respond again in a big way at home. Yeah. And for O'Brien, if they're you know behind him, which it seems like they are, this is one of those games you got to look at for someone like him, and you got to win. Definitely. You lose to the Tigers, you're certainly letting the Wolves close to the door in his situation. So you're on the Knights as well. Yeah. And the odds with that one with Bluebet.com.au, they're a dollar twenty-eight favorite. Three seventy are the Tigers. Minus ten and a half is the line in that one. Broncos up against the Dogs, and again. Uh, they've got some issues on their side, but starting with the dogs, Adokar come off with that hamstring. He's in doubt, and it looked that way, certainly. If that's the case, they're saying that Alamotti would likely come in with Karaz or Braden Burns going um, onto a, the wing to shift him into cover. Other than that, no other changes. But for the Bulldogs, Corey Oates, who was set to play his 200th, he got hurt at training. He's out. Kurt Capewell returns, but they're still missing Riki. Is still missing Flegler. Haas is also still missing. And Carrigan, he was named in the deep part of the reserves, but he played 55 minutes. He's been playing 70 of those other games. So likely to play, but they're still pretty heavily affected. Like Sailor's their fullback because Walsh is suspended. Oates gone would probably mean that either Mariner or Jordan Pereira comes in on the wing or Deloise Hoyter, who they've given... Some game time before. They're starting front rows, Palacia and Jensen. Like, this is sort of what we're talking about. The origin period certainly had an effect on the Broncos. Luckily, they've banked some wins, and this is at Belmore. Josh Reynolds, uh, as we know, retired during the week. He's going to be playing his final game but in New South Wales Cup, but mm. it's a hostile place to be heading down on troops. Yeah. I'm still going <clears> to <throat> lean on Reynolds and Mam um, and a few of those OBs being a bit of a mismatch, in particular the form of uh, Farnworth this year, but... I don't think this is going to be as easy as it looks on paper, that's for sure. 
No, but I'll be tipping Brisbane. So I'll stick with Brisbane, but yeah, I'll be interested to see the odds. See who backs up as well. Yeah. Um, and the odds, they're close, that's for sure. Bluebet.com.au. Brisbane are $1.45. The dogs, 275 outsiders, uh, plus seven and a half. So, yeah. Mm. Interested to see sex and that and get a bit of gauge. But again, a, a team missing most of their players. I'd rather see them come up a full strength Broncos to get a better look at what we saw last week against quality opposition. But if not, they're going to get it the week after they play Penrith the Bulldogs. Mm. So that'll be a real gauge. Um, with Nathan Clear in the reserves this week, likely. A return this week or next. Uh, Cowboys, Manly, the second Saturday game. Season defining in terms of Manly, and even for the Cowboys, just to keep that momentum and stay in touch. Cherry Evans and Jake have been named to back up. But they'll be monitored. Jacob Arthur's there for De- uh, Cherry Evans. And Aloe could come into the starting pack if need be on the flip side. New face on the bench. Finally, 25-year-old Dean Madison is going to make his debut. Ben Trevojevich is out. So, Maddo's on the bench. Yeah, good times. Emotional phone call from probably on my end. I was pretty emotional when he rang and told me that he was he was in because we've um, yeah I've worked with him for eighteen months really really closely and you know he's probably a, he was a fair way away from doing this. I guess when I took over at Mounties last year, but we we moved him to lock and he changed his style of play and um, yeah he's found a style which which suits him and, you know, he's played out of position a lot this year. He's played in the halves, he's played in the centres, he's played in the back row. Uh, but I think, you know, for people that have seen him play, he's done his best work at 13 and, uh, you know, this opportunity's probably come later than what people who have been watching New South Wales Cup would have thought. But, you know, there's reasons behind that and, you know, the style of play that, Anthony Seabold likes to, to play with through the middle of the field. He's a little bit different to what Maddow provides. and But it's it's going to be really, really good to see him, I guess, fill the bench in that utility role. And um, he'll do a good job irrespective of where he goes onto the field. And just, yeah, super happy for him because he's, you know, he's in a position where he's, that's all he's wanted to do his whole life is play first grade. He's seen his brother do it. He's seen his brother play yeah, Origin. Right. He's seen his brother play in a grand final. One grand final. Um, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's it's just a it's a big thing. So, um, Man, testing, yeah, he's invited, invited me into the into the family box and that on the weekend. So I'm going to go to Brookie and it's going to be special. It's I, I think for me like it's it's the first time that I've really thought you know I've had an impact on this bloke getting into first grade. Like I, at Penrith, I coached a lot of those guys that played first grade, but that was in twenties, and a lot of those boys then went on to play New South Wales Cup. Well, I'm going to pull you up on one, and that's only because of what I saw. You should be. Proud of Justin as well. Oh, yeah, Justin, madam. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You, but spent, again, it's... you spent nothing but time with him that three years, and then it yeah. was almost only 12, 18 months later. But again, it was, from, it was in SG Ball. I know, but... It, yeah. So, yeah, it certainly played a part, no doubt, but this is this is one you go, wow, like, this... It, it was really cool. It was probably the best day I've had in coaching, just having him ring, and you hear how, how happy he is to, yeah. to make his debut. Like, that's, that's why you do it. And yeah, he said to me, you know, you've helped me so much. And I'm like, I, I know I have, like, I, I really do. But you can only give them the information. You can only point them in, in a certain direction. Like they have to do the work. The players do the work. Yeah. So you can give them all the information in the world, but if they don't take it on board and but it's and do it. It's also the point I made the other day though, that, <clears throat> and again, it's easy to come from home, but 
coaching is also not just what you know. It's about the connections and the relationships you build with players. Yeah. And there's a good yeah. reason that we're still friends with a lot of the people that we've coached or work with, regardless whether they play grade, haven't played grade, played couple, this, that, and the other. Because to get that out of someone, it's not just as simple as going, yeah, yeah, you yeah. fucking do this because I know better. No. It's, yeah. it's a relationship. It's a bond. Probably it's the first, yeah, the first period of time, particularly with that Mounties team last year, is that that's what it, that's all it was. Mm. You know, they were going through a period where they people won will do one game or two yeah. games, and they need to buy into you and believe in you. But even yeah. more so, if you have that kinship or that connection or that bond, that things will go to another level. And I think there's a lot of guys. Don't act a flower. Like we've talked about up at Newcastle. He's another one that I think should be playing grade or will get that opportunity. Yeah, Tui obviously already played grade before he got there, but playing good through. I think there's going to be more. Josh Dow, I know he's yeah. in England right now. I still think he should probably be somewhere, but I think there's going to be more to come. Yeah, But hopefully. it's for that reason. And no different to those other younger guys. There was a couple that you had relationships with. And that's why I bring up someone like Matt Moore. You were very close with him. You did a lot of video yeah. with him. Like He's a good, really good human being. Like, But those connections, it's not as simple as just like... Yeah, you know, the coaching. Yeah. And that's the thing we talk about with Bellamy that I get shits and I know it's probably easy because I'm a Melbourne fan all the time. But all these people just go... Oh, he only does yell this and other. You guys got no fucking idea. Like they talk about him like he's their father. Yeah. He brings all their families in. He knows every kid's name, every wife's name. They have a connection to the bloke. That's why they do what they do for him. Yeah. It could be so simple, but they buy into him as a person, not just as a coach. And that is the reason he's been as successful as what he has. Yeah. And at the elite level, there's it takes that minuscule differences between exactly players. So yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be cool. I'm super happy for him and yeah, and he's a quality that's a great human. Re- reward. Um, and I just now he's got to do the job. Yep. And like, sort of, when I said that to him, he's like, "Now you sound like a coach." I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, well." But in the end, mate, like you, you don't want it to be one game. You want it to nah. be as many as possible, and you, know, guess... you want to cement yourself there. And yeah. you know, whether it's at Manly because he's not else. currently in the top thirty, but you know, he's he's on show to Manly, mm. but not not Everybody. only to Manly, but to everyone. You know, and I know there's there's interest in him, and there rightfully should, should be. be. But, um, he needs to go into first grade now and be competent. <clears throat> Well, I'd be interested to see how he's used just yeah. looking at this. So, like, Toff and Paseca, you know, the bench has got Woods, Bullimore, LA. Like, they're pre- it's pretty much a full middle bench. Um, Jake obviously played some minutes. He might get I, a bit like of a rest. For me, I think, I think he'll... But middle, surely. Yeah, I, I think that when but, Jake comes off, Dean will get probably that 20, 25 minutes. I hope so. In and around half time. But, I, like, I don't, I don't know. No. I haven't been in all week, and it's not my business. No, it's I, not. I'm just saying... Looking at a middle stack bench. I don't want to stick bench. my nose into it. I, you know, if, when people have asked me about Dean from the first grade staff, I've pushed his case and I've had reasons for that. Yeah, um, he's playing the football. Just bit. like I've, I've had reasons to push, you know, other guys that have that have gone up. I think, you know, the game that Morgan Harper played against um, the Storm, I thought was a huge improvement on what he'd shown yeah. previously the start, in the first yeah. grade. Yeah, like and off the back of what he did against the Bears in a couple of teams, yeah. he played some really good footy. He played some great footy. So the, the good thing is you just you want to see him come back Take on board what you're trying to do. And play well. Play well and then and go up and do a good job. Yeah. Benny Condon's done a similar job. Like he's he's at times he's got limited minutes and played but other times he's had to he's had to play longer minutes and he's done a good job as well. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's yeah. cool. So well, I'll be interested for a lot of so. people on the and you know, I got tagged in a lot of stuff because we've obviously been talking about Dean for a year now. Yeah. And a couple other guys like Dane and you know, except yeah. rightfully so though. Yeah. Because it's part of what you do when you're around it all the time when you watch a lot of Cup or 20s or other names we bring up that eventually get there and people go oh you spoke about so and so it's like well it's for good reasons it's not yeah. just because you're involved with them it's because you're kind of sitting there sometimes going well you know surely I'm not the only one seeing this yeah and, you, and that's what you hope you're not um, and yeah in some cases you'd hope not but yeah 
forward stack bench. I hope he gets a, a good stint, at least 15, 20. It'd be, it'd be good to see, but it's well-deserved. So good on Maddo. But looking at their lineup, uh, he's the main change. I think those guys will both back up, especially off the back of a loss. I know they won the series, but most people off a loss come back wanting to win. Mm-hmm. No one enjoys losing. Season defining for them at Brookvale. Uh, on the flip side for the Cowboys, similar deal. They've named all of their origin players to back up. Uh, I think it was Nenai during the week who had a similar injury. He had to go through a fitness test to play. So he's probably the only one I'd be worried about. But I think Holmes, Torlagi will both be keen. Tamalolo's been named on the bench, but there could be a swap uh, with Cotter, I guess, to start there, depending on you know how he's played. But yeah, their bench with Neem, Tamalolo, and Kula Kefu, who's come in and done an outstanding job. Oh, I really like the look of the Cowboys. I think the train's going to keep rolling, unfortunately, for Manly. I'm going with Manly. So that I get a win on debut, son. I'm happy he's debuting, but yeah, I really like this Cowboys I can't. I can't wait to watch Cowboys play live. That's um, you, You're going at the, probably the best time to be going for a game. It's going to be unreal. For sure. But yeah, we're split on that one. But with bluebet.com.au, Manly, $2.30 outsiders. The Cowboys, $1.00. 62 minus three and a half the line there. Like we said, Manly must win to keep their season alive for the Cowboys. It's the difference between them pushing in to the eight and staying in touch. And also, I think next week, I forgot who I said they have, but the next two are pretty important. I think it might be the Eels. So if they beat them, then they roll into the Eels who are awesome that log jam. It could be a one-two sort of pick off and push themselves right into the eight and give themselves maybe room for a loss. Um, But they definitely don't want to. Lose, they want to keep building this momentum train. Speaking of teams, at last chance saloon, the Roosters up against the Storm Sydney Cricket Ground, 7.30 at night. They've got a bit going on. Brandon Smith is back mm. after a game in Cup last week. Turpin, Egan Butcher, Billy Smith and Joe Suali'i are also all back um, after head knocks in the past fortnight. Tedesco, Lindsay Collins set to back up, uh, depending on the back of that three-day turnaround. I'm sure they will because, again... Season defining, and for the Storm, Will Warbrick, that KO against Penrith, he served the stand down because they had the bye. So, missed no footy. Harry Grant, Xavier Coates, Munster, all named to back up. And again, I'm assuming they all will. And similar for them, they're not safe. They've got the extra win at the moment, but they certainly need to keep winning. Um, it's just, yeah, they, these games have usually been absolute belters, regardless of where they are, but I can't tip the Roosters. The Roosters have given no reason. I thought their last game against Manly was probably their best, missing so many players. But until they strike up a decent win or get a result, and they need to, I, I can't do it. So I'll stick with Melbourne. Yeah, me too. And <clears throat> yeah, it's been a disappointing season, but interesting lineup with the shuffles there. Like Cheese off the bench. I don't know if he'll make a late start there or inject him, which is more what they used to do at Melbourne. Nat and, and Victor in the back row, Nathan Brown starting to lock is different. And the, you know, Egan off the bench, Wong off the bench, and the far who white. There's a lot of leg speed and a bit of a change there. That's something they've certainly been lacking. That yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's definitely something that they need to address. Mm, definitely trying to throw the kitchen sink, that's for sure. Mm. Um, but it'll be interesting. Good game, these two usually. Let's hope that is the case. Roosters with bluebet.com.au, they're two dollar forty five outsider. The Storm at $1.55, minus four and a half, the line there. Uh, and then the Sunday triple starts with a belter again. There's some really good games this weekend. Pity it's off the back of Origin. This one's got no excuses. Warriors Sharks uh, at good old Auckland. So the Warriors, uh, the big thing for them though is there's still questions around Johnson because his wife's still expecting a second child and hasn't come yet. 
I guess the upside for them is it's in New Zealand this time, so at least he's there. Um, rather than the other week was the risk of travel and having to fly back, etc. But if that is the case, Ronald Volkman is there on stand down again. Dylan Walker was named despite he had a late arm injury, but they reckon he'll be good to go. For the Sharks, they are expected to travel as per program last week, but Hamlin Welle is a possible late in off the bench. But similar deal for me, like I've kept now the power rankings the last few weeks. I think they've beaten up on those below them. They've struggled against those above them. They've lost a couple of games against probably top eight teams that they shouldn't have, and they've been beaten pretty convincingly a couple of times. So it's time to put up or shut up if you're the Sharks, and there's no better test. They don't get a gift off the back of Origin. They're playing a team in New Zealand in red-hot form um, away, hopefully, barring the Johnson thing, you know, in really good form and close to full strength. So with that being said, I'm going to stick with the Warriors, but this is a real test, I think, for the Sharks to prove a point here. Because a lot of people are pretty much saying the same thing I have. Dogs, Dragons, Tigers, like, they're games you should win. But the Melbourne smash-up, Brisbane off the back of Origin, they couldn't get the job done. The losses they have had, they need to prove a point. It's time to prove that point. So we shall see. And the odds, they're slight favorites with bluebet.com.au. So I don't know whether that's reflective more of the Johnson situation. But at the moment, they're $1.85 the Sharks, $1.95 of the Warriors, minus one and a half is the line there. Dolphins at KO Stadium up against the Panthers uh, in terms of changes for them. Branko Lee is in the reserve, so possible late return. Felice is back from his concussion. He goes in the back row. The Hamo is named in the centers. Cody Nikarima stays at fullback for now. It wouldn't surprise me, like I said the other week, if the rest of the year they do that. Because just why they've got the troops they've got right now, you need your best players on the field. Yeah. So for them, they're still able to get him involved enough. Cody brings a quality to the back. You know, Katara and O'Sullivan there. Jeremy Marshall King is out. So Harrison Graham is in that nine role. And then they've got Milford there again. I'm sure we'll see that shuffle again where Graham will roll with Katoa to get Milford on, who, who made a positive impact last week. I think my big thing here is regardless of the Penrith players backing up, that forward pack, I just don't know if they're going to be able to go with Penrith. What Penrith do. Um, we've seen him get blown out in a couple of games, but if the Penrith that normally turns up, even though these guys might be a little bit uh, underdone, they get the long turnaround, which is handy. If they apply the pressure they do from their back five and their defense with their middle, I think this could be ugly. And Nathan's in the extended reserves. I don't see why you do risk him this week. Panthers. Save him for next week. Irrespective. The Bulldogs at home, but yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's Panthers all the way, regardless of who plays. Mm. Cogger been doing a good job. Um, they've got Sony back on the bench. We'll see if they stick with that. Lindsay Smith, Lenu, and Salmon back in as well. So that Hoskins rolled back to the reserves. Peachy's rolled back to the reserves. They've sort of rolled through all those guys during that period, which is good for them. It's given them a good look at, you know, who's going to be reliable or what the best go is for the back end of the season. But I think one thing they've certainly proved is if they lose someone in the back row or a bench spot, they've got guys that will certainly do a job. Yeah. And the odds... With Bluebet for this, the Dolphins five dollars fifty, a dollar fifteen. The Panthers fifteen and a half <clears throat> is the line there, and another season-defining game. I think mathematically it's already done for the Titans, but it's big for Parramatta as well. This one Sunday night is it at Combank? It is at Combank. Yeah, Gutherson's obviously going to back up after his three minutes. That'll move Russell back to the wing, uh, and Sean Lane came back last week. He's now named to start in the back row, which will bump Davey back to the bench. For the Titans, they've named Tino, Mo, and Dave, but we now know about Dave's injury. Brimson's also been named to back up. Campbell goes back to the bench. 
So I guess the question mark there, the big thing, is if Fafita plays. So for now... I doubt it. We've got Cleese Haas in the back row with him. And Stimson is out. So if there has to be a late change there, Alec might get another run or get brought in. Um, or if not, Isaac might come on to the bench. But yeah, I think, again, season-defining game. It's at Combank. Those guys offer high and offer poor performance from the last week, the ones that did play against the Warriors. I'm going to go with the Eels here. Yeah, me too. You guys certainly have some shootouts. <laughs> Don't say you guys. Stop saying you guys. Titans, mate. I'm off. You're off. I told you I was off a month ago. Suck Holbrook, you can piss off. Well, there you go. Sick of... Well, these two teams... sucking. Shit club. These two teams like scoring points. So, this could be yeah. a 60-plus point yes. game. But that Fafita situation could definitely be a factor. If they're a bit light in the back row, but Parramatta and with bluebet.com.au, Parra are the favourite. They're $1.37, 310 are the Titans, minus eight and a half is the line there. So there you go. Super. Thank you to bluebet.com.au. The True Blue Bookie, if you're going to bet with anyone, they're the one to do it with. Thank you for supporting our charity account. And remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Call 1800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Uh, yeah. The buy South comes at a very good time. Hmm. They played more games than anybody. Had a yeah. lot of people involved in Origin, so I think, if anything, they would have been very happy of all weeks for that to happen, is this week. Dragons, uh, obviously the buy doesn't have much impact on them. Their season's done. And the other one's the Raiders. So they only had Horsburgh in, but we saw Hudson there last night. He was limping. Yeah, he was. So I don't know yeah. what's going on there, but maybe not a bad week for them either to have off. Papaletti's obviously missed the last few games. Sami Solo missed with a head knock before, so they hopefully be refreshed and have all those middles back on deck. Yeah, we've got them on Sunday in New South Wales Cup, so it'll be interesting to see who who they play and who they... Yeah, if they roll anyone in. Don't. Yeah, maybe Matt Frawley. I don't, I don't know. Fair enough. I don't know. Well, Big yeah. game for both teams in Cup, though. Huge mm. game. Well, I need to come up with a bet. I'm not too sure yet. Um, I'll come up with something I sort of don't mind that Newcastle Tigers game to be honest yeah. might be able to find something with Newcastle I know it's usually not someone I'd like to bet on but off the back of the origin stint for a few of those guys and the win the week before that I think they uh, might be pretty keen at the old Mac Jones so I might try and come up with something out of that mm. if not maybe the Panthers game but again have to wait and see about those lineups but other than that, there's not many other talking points. I think the only real big one that sort of come out today was Payne Haas' manager. Uh, basically, I know Brisbane have been pushing to sign him, but they've just told them it, it's not a no, but they want to go to market. So they're going to wait until... So is he off this year, is he? Or off next he's, year? He's off, technically, as November 1. It's his last year next year. That's the rules. Yeah. As of November 1, he's able to negotiate. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they've just told them thanks, but no Correct. thanks right now. They've made offers or talked to him, but they want to go to market and see what's out there. So they're not saying no to Brisbane, but... No surprise if he hits the market. I think they're going to find they get some fairly hefty offers. Of course they will. Yeah. Um, talk last year, obviously, million dollars plus or million dollars for him is too much. But when you almost have a $3 million increase in the salary cap, that pretty much now I think fits within the way the cap's gone. We were saying before, top money's probably about eight eight fifty, which is what he's on now. But if you've gone up almost 25%, 30%, you can get to a million dollars, I think, for somebody of his ilk. Yeah. But 
what clubs come up with that money, what the years are. Does he want to move? Does he want to stay there? We don't know. But clearly, for their situation, they're in no rush. They're going to be well well and truly sought after. Um, so they're going to go to market. And then they'll talk to Brisbane after. I guess they talk to other clubs. And As always, the first club linked to everybody is the Bulldogs, who are looking to flip their roster. That was the first name I saw today. There'll be plenty of others who are obviously going to be interested. Why wouldn't they? But rugby's been talked about in the past. Who knows? But the world's certainly at his feet. Of course, yeah. But if you're Brisbane, it's certainly hard. Probably not for the million dollars in terms of justifying it for him, but when you've got a team like they've got. They've got a lot of top-end guys, which is why they're losing people like Herbie. So decisions to be made. And they got Walsh back on a good deal, who's obviously going to be looking for an upgrade very soon as well. Reynolds is already pushing for extra time on his. Mam hasn't been paid yet. There's a lot of decisions to be made at Brisbane. Yeah. So I guess for them, it's about balancing the books, seeing what he gets offered on the open market, and then trying to come somewhere within the vicinity or the wheelhouse or you know other other things to try and make up the difference. Daniela Paseca just re-signed as well, Manly. Cup about three years? Uh, two years, I think. That doesn't surprise me. He's still... 26. He's still young. Three years. Yeah. Good Playing good footy. Yeah. So they're making moves within. Um, there was another one I saw the other day that I can't think of right now, but that was probably... One of the big things that I just sort of saw uh, today. And yeah, I, again, I, from their perspective, when you hear him, well, there you go. There's another one that's just break right now. Sean Johnson. He extended his career. So everyone's been waiting to hear about that. Yeah, nice. Wondering if he was going to play on with the halves depth they have. So one-year contract. Smart. Yeah, smart. And I thought that started. They were talking two years or money. or the, <clears throat> There's no way he was coming back to Sydney, especially someone like the Tigers was mentioned. Why wouldn't you go year to year now? You're happy, you're playing good football, they like you, they like them. I, I doubt it's money, it's probably just the commitment of time. Yeah. Like, mate, look, we're here, we're all happy, let's just go year to year and see how we go. Yeah. You keep playing well, you know, we're doing well, we'll pay you, you know, $700,000 probably or something anyway. Still good money. Mm. We have good players around you. We develop Volkman, we got Metcalf, they bring in uh, Chanel Harris to Vita, but they've got options. Tomorrow, Martin's there, like, for God's sakes, they've got some players there. Someone's probably going to have to move on, to be honest, or probably going to want to move on to get an opportunity unless they fit in elsewhere. Plus, Shet coming back with chance there. But for them and him, I think it just makes sense. Let's just go year to year. Yep. So, big news for them. And Paseca, as you said, on the back of that, two-year extension on top. So, he had a year to run, but uh, two years now on top to 2026. And the other one, a few days ago, was obviously Lodgy, leaving the Roosters. He's a trainer or trial with Manly. Yeah, he played with us on Sunday, I think. Uh, that was an interesting story in itself. Sort of nothing kind of came out of it, but basically... <clears throat> uh, they reckon part of that was to do with his manager Moses who the Roosters are not a big fan of and found out that he wasn't going to be there moving forward and they were pretty unhappy so I think they basically told him he can go to the cup for the rest of the year so they've just come to a situation where he's I left. think he's living in Manly it makes sense yeah it makes sense but yeah the way it ended at the Roosters a bit odd um, and other ones obviously some moves from the Dragons saw that a couple of days ago Ravalawa, he had an option in his favour, but they've turned that into a three-year extension. So Flanagan putting his fingerprints on the first few things. Jack DeBellin, he had his own option. Uh, we spoke about that before. That was talked about ages ago. As if he wasn't going to take that, it's big money. It's the last year of that deal that he got. Michael Molo, there was a mutual option that was activated uh, by them, and then they've made some signings for the future, in particular, Savelio Tamale, who is part of that New South Wales 19s team who's playing tonight. So they've got him in a deal that we'll see him join the top 30 next year. Yeah, right. And they have two other kids that were in that team whose names 
skip my mind at the moment. So a couple coming through for him to obviously look at. And Reynolds, we talked about during the week. Um, obviously had a really, really good stint with the Bulldogs to start with. His time at the Tigers was less eventful in England, but got a swan song this year to come back and play a few more games in a tough situation, but has made the decision to move on. They've got Sexton in and he's retiring this weekend, finishing up at Belmore, playing a New South Wales Cup. Yeah. So, Interesting, isn't it? That they can... Opt somebody out. Yeah. Well, they did it with Beyond Diodo with mean, his injury at the start of the year. Now he's back playing Cup. Mm. So... I guess I don't mind there being flexibility in the in the cut for injured players, but I just think you need to be careful about allowing people to bump in and bump out of your top thirty. Mm. Well, for him, I, I guess it's sort of fitting that it's at Belmore because that last scene we saw when he got moved on was that Belmore game where they cheered him off the field. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Happy for him that it sort of ends in in this sort of way, but I think it goes back to where he starts. Well, to... well the Bulldogs have managed it well, like to move Reynolds out and get Sexton in. Well, yeah. that's a massive upgrade. Mm. Well, it's the point I made at Stadia. I know they probably wanted there for a bit of help or experience, but like when you had Rajab and a couple other guys that missed out because of that, it surprised me. Yeah. But they're now obviously in the plans or got to play first grade anyway. Um, and another one we probably already talked about last week was Fitzgibbon at night. It's been talked for a while that he'd be moving on. He signed a three-year deal to head to Warrington next year. So that's why hoping that we'll see Dane get that game sooner or later in the back row. Yeah. yeah. Seen Dylan Lucas get a run there who's a converted sort of center winger. So there's a bit of an opening there. And uh, Brad Schneider was the other one at Canberra. He got a release last week. There was some wonder about whether he'd get an opportunity next year. He's immediately gone to whole KL. So I think he's a solid player. He's a good player. Probably a bit early, in my opinion, to be going. But for some guys, that's what they think they need to get that opportunity. Maybe there wasn't a lot of interest here. So maybe he's thinking, I'll go over here and get an opportunity to start and try and come back. That's what unfortunately happens sometimes for these halves. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't mind it either. I don't, but I don't mind it. Yeah, sometimes I think it's just lack of opportunity. And I think, all right, well, if I go here for a year, year or two and do well, hopefully I can come back. But he's still young. Yeah, he's very young. Young kid, so opportunity there for him. Anything else, mate? No, nothing for you, mate. So you're three o'clock Sunday, isn't it? Three o'clock on Sunday. Are you broadcast or not? No. Nope. Not, not New South Wales TV. No. I don't think we've got another game all year. Not even on New South Wales. I think we might have one more on New South Wales Rugby League TV, maybe. Okay, yep. So you're not this weekend. That's Blacktown. Well, my live stream's on this weekend. We've got a belter. We've got Hills, Bulls, Greenacre Tigers. So fight to stay in that top five. We're on the run home. Got some really good ones coming up in the next few weeks. But two very good teams here. A lot of good Bulldogs players and a couple that were in mats and on the... Hills side of things, a couple that are in the Parramatta system, a couple that were rugby converts that look very, very good will probably be put into those systems by the end of the year. So, good game. We don't have another game, even on New South Wales Rugby League TV. Oh, there you go. I think next Saturday we play Newtown at Henson Park and it's the beer and food festival. So. Oh, yeah. That's always a big day. <coughs> I've never been. So I've commentated a few times on that day. It's pretty chaotic. Yeah, it's. they reckon it's massive. Get a but big crowd in. You find it a bit there for people around there. It's not even so much the footy. Like, Henson Park generally has a bit of a cook-up or a food truck or the beer. Some people just roll in with their dogs and hang out for the day. Yeah. So, it's, it's not my favourite ground to... Nah, uh, it's horrible to get to. Coach out and... But days like that. I remember, I think I stayed with JK, the poor bugger, the other year when he tore his ACL. We sat there and had a <laughs> couple of beers, but I think it was that day. It was packed. Yeah. But it's almost, yeah, a bit more of a, an event for the locals. So much. So just... we've got, yeah, we've got home and then we go Henson Park and then to Ron Costello Oval in Shell Harbour. 
which isn't a Is that where we played Matt's? I don't think so. No? I don't think so, but apparently it's not the nicest ground. Is that Collegians on me? That was a good place. Collegians is nice, yeah. That's where we played them last year. Yeah, that was a good spot. Um, but for whatever reason. And where you got the chooks? That Wentworth? At Wentworth. So we're the dog track. To, oh, mate. That is the worst ground. I remember the dog track. New South Wales Rugby League. So you got a good round. <laughs> for the next couple of weeks, yeah. When do you go to New Zealand? Uh, sure, the run across the over looks all right. I don't know. We got well, any... Actually, I, th- I think it is the one you're talking about, actually. Yeah, I, I thought it might have been. At Shell Harbour. It's not, not great views of it. Because the field wasn't that bad. I think it was just more... Where, when we got in there, it had other stuff on that day. It was just parking was a bit of a bit of a fight. But the ground was all right. It was bloody hot. That yeah, was the first it is, game it's the same, That's the same ground. That was the terrible ground. That was yeah, pretty I good. Don't, I don't love it. Sheds aren't the best for a New South Wales Cup team. We squeezed the Mats team in there. Yeah. But for a bunch of big boys, it's a bit of a different story. But, you know, mm. you got to do what you got to do. And when's man. New Zealand? You got a New Zealand trip still? New Zealand is round 25, so it's the week, second last round. So, yeah, I think we've got seven games left. So, Canberra this week, Newtown, Dragons, Roosters, Panthers on a Friday night. Now, that's at Parker Street. So, they've moved that. Parker Street? Yeah, they're playing at, the, playing at the Brothers Field. Brothers Complex, yeah. Why'd you get shafted there? Uh, they moved it because we've got New Zealand the following week. So, oh, okay. So Penrith's not playing that night. Penrith's not playing that night. That's no. what I thought. We you play were the Thursday night. What, they what, play what's the, what's storm. the date of that? Just call it. They play the Storm Friday the eleventh. They play the Storm the night before. Friday the eleventh. Friday the eleventh. We're, no, we're in the box on the that Thursday storm night, game. That's the fourth. It's the week before. Oh, okay. There you go. That's what I was about to say. You better not have swapped that to the middle. We're going to watch. They want Friday. Saying, sorry, guys. Just going to say. Go to pro arrangements. What doing? Uh, yeah, and then we go Friday Friday to Auckland, travel there on the Thursday, stay Thursday night, Friday night, get the red eye. And then Doggy's last round at Acor. Is that Sunday? Sunday, 27th of August. And then the NRL goes an extra week, I think. I think I'll be able because to Because obviously the New South Wales Cup Grand Final has got to be played the week before the NRL Grand Final. Well, that's a Sunday, so I'll get to come to that as well. So the yep. NRL's after that too? Yep. Because most of those Saturdays, obviously. What is it? Sunday the 27th of August. I'd have to have a game on after it. Well, they'd be dogs. Them and dogs, probably. You think so, yeah. But Sunday, might make a day out of that as well. Yeah. Come to the stadium. Mad Monday. Turn up. Hopefully well, not hopefully it's not Mad Monday, yeah. But you'll know in the next few weeks if that's the case. Yeah, we'll probably have to win. Win our next two. Uh, yeah. So we, we travel with first grade for the Warriors game, which will be unreal. We'll see a game over there. Hmm. And then, yeah, Bulldogs, 27th. Yeah, we played 11.35, so... Yeah, Schmick, I'll have to have a look at... That'd uh, be good, mate. Diary for work and all that, but... Tokyo members tickets. And because that's a Sunday, I'll have to see if that's an RDA too. Need someone to drive me in. What? Oh, bugger that. We'll get dropped in. And we'll get, few, sa- get saucy. A, have a few beers. Get saucy. I'll hurl abuse at you while he's doing the thing. I'll be the only one in there, probably. Uh, Stand uh, in front of your box. If you go, you're a grub, Shippen. You're a grub. Good. You pretender. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, give me a give me a shout out on the podcast. Uh, oh yeah, I'll give you all that stuff. Heard your brother's ten times better bloke than you. <laughs> You're a flog. Yeah. <laughs> Hope your team gets smashed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you all the work. Yeah. Throw a beer at the box. Yeah. You're a shit coach. Kick me out, will ya? <laughs> Good. Yeah. It'd be like what was the one we went to the South game? It was really uh, it was a miserable day that day. There was literally there was bugger all people there. I loved it. 
Acor. But I just thought that'd be the perfect day to we be. We got beat 30 nil, I think. Like, yeah, uh, it wasn't great. But I mean, from a perspective, if I wasn't in the box with you, I thought this would be a great day to just be that random heckler, like the Lolly Leagues guy at Campbelltown. Just stand in front of that box because you can literally stare you in the eyes with like a fish tank. I didn't get heckled at all last year. Like, we haven't been heckled at all last year. Well, I've said it to a few people because they messaged saying, oh, where's Brock this week? And I'm like, hey, Chief Labour. I'm like, go throw some shade at him. Go sit up the top. <laughs> bang, on the, bang on the glass. You can see it through there. It's like a fish tank. Treat him like the aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yipping, you're a wanker. <laughs> yeah. nah, everyone's good. Well, come out and say good day. How about that? Yeah. Do it. Come out and say good day, mate. Well, maybe that day. If you're a doggy or a Manly fan, get around the 27th. Yeah. Get around it. Might have a little meet up afterwards. There'll probably be plenty of space in the GAs, all the members or whatever. I'm happy to come down. I'll be floating around beforehand. Yeah. So if you're there for that one, you're a doggies or a manly fan, you want to have a beer on the 27th? I won't be hard to find. I'm going to big head. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll create a little event. And, and just quietly, for anyone that's followed the, the old Facebook, I've put up, I found Gus twice the last two games. I know exactly where he sits too. Okay. Hello, Gus. Of course you do. <laughs> well, I went over that corner because uh, we missed this, guys. What, what, what are you doing? So I don't want to sit with people in the members. She's like, well, I'm like, I just want to watch. Well, the Gus is the same. He doesn't want to sit. Left alone. So people yeah. sit on top of you and I fucked off and went all the way up to the left. And then I turned around about five minutes later and Gus, he come Hello, rolling Gus. out of the corner. I was, so I did the James Bracey. Hello, Gus. Yeah. And then last time I did it again and he wasn't there and I said it there. I'm like, I wonder if he was here today. Because she said last time, why do you both do this? I'm like, because people just want to watch footy. And I just want to watch footy. Fucking harassed. have people talk to you. So I went there again and sat down with me four tray and then I turned my head 10 minutes later and Looky, looky, who was there again? The man, Sat down with the man himself. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't have a four tray. Fucking alcoholic. They got smashed the day I was there. I probably should have went and offered him money. It looked like he needed one. You want a beer, mate? You want a beer, Gus? Look, I'm confident that if we go to court... <laughs> poor, old, poor old Buzz and Gus, they're getting into it. I love it. It was great. They got, but he goes, look, can I go home now? It's my day off. That's what makes the world go around. It was his day off, mate. It's Bit of brouhaha skis in rugby league. It's good. It's, it's my day off. And they told him to put another invoice in. Put another invoice in. He's like, I will. <laughs> I'll double invoice. It's double time, mate. And as he says on his podcast this week, what, what are we having for dinner? He loves when they do the dinner segment. He goes, I'm going to get a jungle chicken curry. Jungle chicken curry. He loves it. God All bless right, you. Let's go. The buzzard. Let's go. Two a days during Origin. Two a week. Yep. So that'll now come to an end. Back home to go to bed and night shift. Woo! Going to Katoomba, it's going to be zero. I'm going to go pick the kids up. It's going to be grouse. And we're doing some ribs for dinner tonight. Slow cooker ribs and the kids are having um, little pizzas on wrap well, bread. You might see me a bit over the weekend because I and just remember today. Uh, Coast going away for a dance comp for a few days. What am I doing so, on the weekend? Well, I'm, going to, I'm going to Manly on Saturday. Woo! Well, Saturday I'll be commentating. But Sunday I'll probably come with you. That's fine. Um... And tomorrow night I might come watch the footy. It's done. How Sounds I pull good. up, but free weekend. Come hang out with you and the kids for everybody. Remember, three PM Sunday. If you want to yell at Boxhead, HE Labour at Blacktown. Raiders uh, should be a good game. Both obviously looking to keep winning. To stay in touch, and as I always say, if you're a dogs or a para fan, or you're just a fan of watching quality juniors, five PM Saturday, Para Eels Junior Rugby League Facebook page or the YouTube channel, Greenacre Tigers, Hills Bulls, lots of guys who are in the dogs and eels systems. Good quality footy. But that's us done. Thank you, bluebet.com.au. If you're going to bet with our own, do it with the True Blue Bookie. Look out for our best bet on the app and our charity bet. Penner Solar Center, there is nobody better than Jake and the team. Don't be sidelined by rising power bills. Get in contact with them today, penrithsolar.com.au. And Tobias at Hyundai, the team there at Penrith Sinclair 
Hyundai saw the new Kona they've got up for test drives right now. Get and have a look at that. It's an absolute cracker. And all the other names I like saying. The Tucson, the Santa Fe, the Veloster. Sounds like something from Jurassic Park. Mm. But there you go. Boxhead, thank you. Origin done. Last Origin affected round. And then we have... So when are we back now? We're back on Tuesday? Back normal. Tuesdays. Mm. And uh, I had an inbox. I didn't ignore it. I'm sorry. I read it when we were at the game. Someone asked for fan questions. We... The reason Let's, we do st- it. Let's do it Tuesday. We stopped fan questions because obviously with changes in life, we just started recording later and later and later and the shows obviously go for long enough. But we're happy to do fan questions. We didn't ditch the idea. Let's do them. So we'll drop them in this week. Let's do them. I'll get posts up early. You get across all the platforms and we'll run through them. Good beans. Problem solved. What the fans want, the fans will get. You will get. Alrighty. But for now, enjoy your weekend and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on, give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? <laughs>